Hello, Legacy Matters podcast listeners. Uh, it's just me tonight working late in our studio, um, and I have a uh, kind of a happy occasion here. We are putting out our first post-COVID uh, newly taped episode. So this is a an episode we recorded just recently. Um, it's the first since COVID. We have released episodes that we recorded uh Back in February and March, I think right before the lockdown happened. Um, I hope you're all doing well. We completely and utterly appreciate the fact that you listen to our show. We are doing our best to uh, get some new episodes out. Our format makes that a little difficult because we we really like to get to know our guests in studio, in person, uh, at our table here, as if we are having a kitchen table conversation with a new neighbor. So uh, we are resistant to doing any sort of, um, you know, digital interviews. So, uh, yep, this first episode back is, uh, it's with my father, which makes sense since he's inside of my bubble, but um, he is also running for office here in Minnesota. So he had a little message to get out. It's not terribly political. It's more about his life and legacy, and uh, I wasn't sure if, if recording a show with my dad would be fun or awkward or a little bit of both, and actually it was a lot of a lot of fun. So we really enjoyed having him in, and uh, why don't you give it a listen and see what you think, and you can always leave us comments. We appreciate when you subscribe to the show. Uh, we all hope that you're doing well. These are strange and difficult times, um, and I'm hoping uh, one way or another that some good comes out of all of it. So take care. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Ready? Yeah, I'm done eating. Are you ready to be quiet? All right, well, we, we've started. <laughs> okay, right. here we are. Everyone's a little rusty. It's been six months. God, it has since been. Since we've been together. Yeah. To do this. Yeah, That's we did true. that one in between, but we didn't even air that one no. with just the three of us. It just no, wasn't that it just compelling. Wasn't that, it was we talked a lot lame. about lawnmowers. Is that what we did? Yes. You two did. I don't remember. Yeah. Actually, maybe about battery operated lawnmowers. Yep. yep. Oh, and maybe it was better than we think. I, don't I know. thought that was just you. I thought we were just talking on the phone about that. <laughs> we were recently. <laughs> yeah. I think we've probably had about All right. 20 Well, it's saved for posterity if you ever want to. Sarah's like, okay, enough in the lawnmower. Well, it is a big deal. I'm telling you, the gas versus electric uh, lawnmower um, debate uh, is... Your wife a, went over it with me, and I didn't have the heart to tell her that I'd already heard it for half an hour from both <laughs> oh, of you. So, oh. I know. How kind of you to look. Anyways. Uh-huh. Anyways. Well, welcome to Legacy Matters Podcast. Oh, my goodness. It's Sam and Jim and Jim. Sarah. <laughs> and Sarah. And, and we're, we're back. back. Like we said, it's been, it's been quite a while, and you could have listened to any of our most recent ones and Sam and Jim did a great little update kind of on the state of the world and we're still here figuring stuff out but you know do you know I still haven't found Charlie Bruber's podcast too 
it's got it's on one of these. Oh my gosh! Somewhere. Uh, you know, I, what? I was that. thinking about it. So that's the last podcast that it's, we did. It's like the before link. before uh-huh. COVID, uh-huh. and we were talking about it. You weren't. I don't think you no. were here for that uh-uh. one. So he came in. Charlie came in. We're talking. Great, great guy. Love. Love talking to Charlie, and yeah. we're like, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like the day before lockdown. Lockdown. Right. Wow. And we were kind of like, hmm. Yeah. I, we didn't know shit. No. Well, we don't. Well, yeah, I mean, Normally. we still, I mean, but, but yeah, it's like a movie. <laughs> Even more so than usual. Right. right. Um, yeah, so welcome. I mean, it's nice to see you guys and be back at this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll try yep. and We'll try and keep it up. I want to do at least a couple a month if we I can. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Get back to it. They've, they've been an important part of uh, of really broadcasting the messages we want, but then also just getting to know some well, of these highlighting cool the com- people you know, in our neighborhood. Yeah. We're very much community. about community even more so now with everything going on. And we do love our city, I know. So um, I... I lost my train of thought. How's the weather today? Jim? Yeah, what's the that's weather? That's what Jim? I'm talking he was about. That's what we're for. waiting for. That's what for. I'm talking about. <laughs> so where are we? We are August thirty first. Thirty first. Last yeah. day of August of twenty twenty. Right. Do, do you guys count down like the like every month that goes by in twenty twenty? I'm like, thank goodness that one's done. Oh yeah, so we can get on. I don't have to live that over <laughs> yeah. again. Just get it over I'm, with. I'm, I'm very optimistic that going forward it's just all I, uh, all yeah. rainbow and <laughs> all sunshine well, and rainbows. it is it is kind of changing of the seasons a titch don't it, you agree it is today a little bit cooler but anyways yeah. it's beautiful it today is. it's wonderful great day today 70 degrees yeah. sunny yep Really you can nice. get a pumpkin latte at Caribou or Ooh. Starbucks. They introduced it early, apparently, because they thought people needed an extra boost of Sugar. comfort and fun, given oh, all, everything comfort going and fun. on. Calories. Yeah. Whatever, calories. Sugar. Sugar. <laughs> I do. I have my own rant on coffee shops, but anyway. Yeah, the weather's great. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It Everything is looking great outside today. It's so. the best time of year. It really is. I, I love, love the fall. next couple months here, so... It'll be good. Allergy season, of course. Oh, I hear you. I know. I'm, I'm back at that, so mm-hmm. allergies are just starting to kick in. Okay. It's not COVID. Okay. <laughs> just saying. Are you I'm, telling yourself that or us? A little bit of both. <laughs> and our guests. <laughs> should we do it? Should yeah. Because, the guests? because. All right. It's, yeah. uh, should I take it away this time? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. You, you have a connection to Yeah, but yeah, you, just, you got it. All right. Well, uh, this is actually kind of fun for me and, and weird, but <laughs> no. Not, not for me, it's not. No, no, no. Uh, my fun. father, Ron, Ron Thiessen, is here in the studio as a guest. My, my sister is also in the studio Hi, today. Olive. Olive. She's been with us before. She has. Um, yeah, so so we've got uh, we've got my dad. Welcome. welcome Hi guys. Ron. Hi Ron. Welcome. Hi Ron. Yep. How you doing? <laughs> this is <laughs> feeling a little NPR-ish a, at the moment. I'm a, I'm a man of few words. So. Oh. oh well, that's oh. sometimes what you, that's what you Sometimes. want on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really think you're a man of few words. No, I'm a, a man of uh, big rants, but otherwise few words. <laughs> Long <laughs> strings of wor- words put together. Yeah. In. Yeah. That's good though. That'd be more typical. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so you know, we all know you, and yep. uh, quite well. And, you know, uh, yep. I, I know you real well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and uh, you're the reason Sarah is my aunt, which you know, 
Jones. Right. <laughs> Which you love telling everybody. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I love when you say it and people are like, meh. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. all of sister-in-law, too. So. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. niece. Or nev- uh, aunt. Aunt. God. Aunt. Yeah. Oh yeah. What am I thinking? Yeah. Yes. We always no, get it. Con- <laughs> you you very threw cute. me there for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. I thought. Hey, I can get easily <laughs> thrown here. But, but obviously, I thought it was on me uh, that I didn't know. Yeah. That's yeah. The that's way how it was usually. your first assumption. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh god. Uh, Once no, again, I got I it wrong. <laughs> oh, Jim. Uh, anyway, so uh, you know, we're gonna. We're going to treat you the same way we treat every guest. Uh, generally speaking, when people come in, we have done no research about them and their mm-hmm. lives, and that is a. Is that your that's as a general rule? That's yeah. Yes. Huh. Jim yeah. Jim does. Sarah I'll does do a, a little. Titch. If they're a well-known figure, of course we're going to know former politician, singer, whatnot. But we don't try and delve in too much because we want it to be like um, you don't research. Neighbor. Yeah, and we're no. just and getting to some know of you. Them. Some of them you're gonna you would have known for years anyway. Like I mean, not uh, personally, but like yeah, Don pu- Shelby. Yeah, you watch sure. him since you were a kid. So. Yeah, right. No, yeah, I, you I can't mean, pretend not. Yep. To Will Steger, not yep. to people yep. like that. Exactly. Right. Yep. They have a, a reputation that precedes them. Yep. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a good way. So but I don't. No, well, you, you do. You, you, you don't do have a reputation. <laughs> you do have a bit of a reputation. Yeah, you do. But um, but but it's you know it's impossible for me to sit down and have a kitchen table get to know your conversation with my dad so mm-hmm. so we're gonna, yeah but we've lived apart for quite a long time you know yeah but so we fish that's true we and fish it, you know we don't yeah, actually yeah, talk yeah like we, we talk I know, I was, what are you talking about i was gonna say <laughs> isn't, like isn't fishing just kind of getting up rolling out with maybe a couple <laughs> bottles of water no food maybe water yeah. maybe some water yeah, lucky if you're lucky no drinks water uh-uh. Well, that's the most they're going to get, and then you're we just out. Yeah, we we tend to forget to bring anything. everything. Yeah, so we're out there with nothing. And well, and we end stay. up staying out longer than we planned. So, are you eating the fish for sustenance? No, we're, we're not drinking there? the lake water nor eating the fish. <laughs> no. So, how often do you guys fish? Well, you mean uh, just individually not. or together? No, together. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know, together we don't get to fish as much as we used to, but uh, I would say probably once a month. I think that's, that's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd yeah. say between, you know, 10 and 20 times a year. Yeah. And and that we we tend to take multi-day fishing trips as one event. Too. Sure. So I'd right. say I'd say yeah, we fish. You know. Heading out tomorrow. Yeah. You guys Wednesday. are going out tomorrow? Or, yeah. or Wednesday. Yeah. Well, tomorrow Wednesday. night we're getting ready yeah, right. Wednesday okay. morning. Right. To where? Lake Superior? No, the uh, UP. Well, yeah, Superior. Yep. And I hear there's salmon up there. Yeah, I, salmon, lake trout. Yeah, I have no idea. We're either going to get out on a charter. If we don't get on a charter, we're not going to be after salmon or lake trout, though, right? Right. Yep. Yep. We'll be fishing inland lakes. Yep. <laughs> I just know. A blank look on Sarah's face. <laughs> I've been fishing with Ron before. I'm pretty good. I'm yeah. Pretty decent. You're not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Jim fishes. Jim fishes. I, well, I've been fishing my whole life. Yeah, I grew up fishing. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're from well, Minnesota, you grew up in I Minnesota. Mean, yeah, you yeah I mean, yeah, well, and you lived fish. in Perm. Your folks lived. In yeah, Perm, you know. yeah. So oh, we were just up that way. Were well, you? yeah. Well, Sam was Battle well. Battle Lake. Yeah, that's close. Right. Right. Yeah. In How there. far away is that? Because there was a big tornado warning, and then uh, it came through there. It was close. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's always a tornado in Perm. Seems like. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like a vortex. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is Wadena. I mean, that's sort of a. Yeah, it's sort of a pathway there. It kind of is. Natural. 
So I have a, back to the fishing stuff, what I find fascinating is I love looking at maps and we have so many lakes here in this, this state of ours. But when you two go fishing, you're always searching out a new place, correct? New for us, yeah. New for, new for you. Yeah. It, so we have a lot of lakes that we have fished a, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times, you mm-hmm. know, all of our, my life and his life, much of it. And, uh, but it's always fun to find a new one. And then, you know, I kind of have a game I play with Kate and the kids when we're driving, which is fished it or haven't fished it. <laughs> and so every lake we pass, I fished it. Fished it, didn't fish it, fished it, you know. You know what game I play with uh, the, <laughs> the kids? <laughs> no. Just did this one. It's when, we drive, when we're driving up north and we yeah. pass the cemetery. Yeah. I say, hey, how many people are dead in there? And everyone says, I don't know. And I say, all of all them. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's what I play. <laughs> and <then> I laugh. <laughs> and, they, and they fall for it each time? Yeah, well, they well not anymore, but I still go through with it, you know. Yeah. And they're like, "That's so dumb." They play dumb. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They, do. they go, "I don't know how many." Yeah, we drove uh, past the uh, the in uh, Princeton the cemetery, which is huge. I couldn't believe how big it was, but Olive was really fascinated, so we drove around it. To yeah, look at it all. Some really old uh, gravestones there. It looks like it's been there a long time. But those are big. Yeah. I mean, those are interesting places, sort of those yeah. graveyards that are off. The older ones. There's, yeah. a, there's a massive one in Richfield. Have you, do you know that no. one? No. Uh-uh. Oh, my God. It's, it's like you know, a whole bunch of city blocks, but it's a really big graveyard. In Richfield. Are people, uh, are people uh, doing cremation more often these days, or are they still, we're still burying a lot of bodies? I think more cremation. I I would Myself. guess so. Too. I don't have the statistics. We never do here. But we don't deal in facts. We don't deal in facts. Yeah, I know. I know. No, so <laughs> I, I would think yes, and I would say just for environmental cost reasons. Yeah, my changing. gut feeling is, I mean, I certainly hear a lot more about it mm-hmm. these days than I used to. I yeah. think there used to be sort of religious taboos. Yeah, against taboo it. Absolutely, it, yeah. In I fact, sort of, I sort you of know, like the idea of my body being underground do you? You do? Really? Yeah. Even though I, I hate the idea of being alive underground, but just like my body that's returning to the earth, there's something about Well, and that's fine, but there, there could, would be more environmentally sound ways to do that. Mm-hmm. But about that taboo, uh, yeah. you know, when my dad died, which, uh, God, it's probably been 25 years since he died, but the uh, priest wouldn't uh, let the ashes be in the brought into the church for the for the funeral service because he oh, was he cremated or yeah no? he was cremated and the and the priest said ashes to ashes dust he's already ashes he doesn't get to come in here oh. you don't isn't that is that really? interesting <laughs> but what a, what a, that's true i i i know a little bit about that i don't yeah. know if catholics still do that I, but i don't know but they were still it, doing know, it back then we just lost you know in my family you know we lost a variety of people very sh- you know last year and we had like a you know a service you yeah. know where they were laid out and uh then everyone was you know then they were cremated we were supposed to put the ashes in the ground actually this weekend which a friend of mine did um so so in that case to your point this this uh this graveyard um has a um crematoria you know it's a garden yeah. you know where you put the ashes 
Oh, you know, yeah. and there's a little plaques. It's really beautiful, and I had never oh. seen. So you just like get that. like a little. Yeah, you get a little plot. tiny, you know, plot uh-huh. right there, and then uh-huh. you put the ashes. Ooh. You know, huh. it's in a c- container, but uh-huh. there's a stream and fish and all that oh. kind of stuff in the sitting area. Very nice. Yeah, I don't know. I that mean, it seems like a an odd place to take a stand as a priest. You know, you've got. Uh, well, uh, you know, I'd say they used to take a lot of. Uh, stands like that against odd things yeah yeah don't necessarily do anymore yeah. but yeah but that was one of them yeah i don't exactly know why i think the church had a prejudice against uh cremation uh, just a taboo because you know, maybe think, it's uh, mu- they feel like it's long, mutilating the body yeah i think so yeah. i think it's uh, like not natural right you know that you should it, I know it seems odd, and if you no, think I'm about, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to in my brain sort if of. If you think, think about, about embalming, like, uh, you know what's natural about that? Mm-hmm. That seems mm-hmm. pretty odd. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not natural yeah. at all. So, but but there's a, you know, there's a problem being solved there that humans have always had to solve, and th- so you know the the uh, Egyptians were embalming and the Vikings were burning ships or whatever, you know, like. But we've always had to dispose of bodies sure. some way. Oh, sure. You know. Yeah, but uh, embalming is like preserving them. I mean, right. it's sort of like uh, slowing down the mm-hmm. rate of decomposition. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not. It's justifying. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I suppose uh, cremation is accelerating it, so we're just supposed to not mess with that. <laughs> so the right. Native Americans probably had the best plan, just uh, shallow. Yeah, shallow grave, and yeah, and let it let take it go. its course. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Ron, are you from? Where are you from? Well, uh, Minnesota. I mean, yeah. I, I was born in, uh, uh, lived in, uh, in, uh, Foley? Oh, it's a sock center. Sock center. Sox center. Oh, yeah. Foley. I'm no. trying to think. Foley. I just no. knew it was somewhere. Yeah. No, I mean, I was thinking Sartell. Sock center. Yes. Yeah. I was uh, born, but I, uh, I was born in the Melrose Hospital. So from Minnesota, actually, I'm a Sterney, you know, from mm. Stearns County. Yeah. But, uh, that was in the post-war period, immediate post-World uh, War II period. Uh-huh. So my folks were still not resettled after my dad got back from the war. Okay. And so they they settled in, uh, they, they actually lived, there was, a, it was called the homeschool cottages. It was a boys' school, uh, like a truant boys' school, I think, okay. up in, um, or a orphanage or in... Sock Center, and after the war, they accommodated uh, families that were uh, looking for housing after the war. So, and where was your dad? It was he in Europe? No, he was in the Philippines. Oh, okay. In the Navy. For okay. how how many years was he overseas? Uh, at least a couple of years. Okay. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever talk to him about any of that? No, you know, I think uh, you know, today people are more likely to talk about that kind of stuff but mm-hmm. back then man nobody talked about no. that no. right no. no but do you know anything about his military service because I, oh. I know I don't oh uh, yeah I know he was on a landing uh, craft like a service craft small um, boat that uh, brought uh, sailors up to shore or brought supplies up to shore and they got the hell out of there mm-hmm. real fast small boat um, yep. and they spent a lot of time waiting you know so I, that's uh, a lot waiting of war. for supplies or troops to come in. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of war. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's that's what he did. Hmm. 
And I think he spent uh, almost all of his time in and around the Philippines. Yeah, hmm. yeah I've, I've never heard a lick of information about his war service. You know how you and I uh, fish frequently together? Yeah. Yeah, so did my dad. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Uh, that, that was our pattern, too. But in all the years uh, that I fished with my dad from the time I was, uh, you know, four-year-old. Infant or whatever, uh, yeah. Yeah, until he died because we still took fishing trips regularly. But in all that time, he never talked about uh, where he was in the war, what he did, you know, what kind of ship he was on, nothing. But I, the, uh, and I did hear him a few times talk about it, but it was with people that, so he kept a small circle of friends that he served with, yeah, that he knew in the Twin Cities here. So we would occasionally go down visit one of those people, and then they would sit together and talk about it, but not to include us, but just to find amongst like a themselves, like, yeah, just amongst themselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that was the norm. It, it, it's not surprising to me, but it's just it's different. So much has changed since that era. Yeah. Well, I think the role of man, uh, the relationship between adults and children, mm-hmm. you know, the likelihood of people talking about personal issues like that with, with strangers or in public or even with your children. You mm-hmm. know, like you didn't expose any of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's changed, uh, I would say, pretty dramatically. dramatically. Yeah. So you grew up, though, up in Stearns County. Uh you know, because it was uh, after the war, and then yep. uh, uh, my dad found employment down in the city, so we moved to Osseo. Oh, okay. And uh, we lived in Osseo for, well, un- until I was six, actually, mm-hmm. through first grade. I went to first grade in Osseo. And then we moved out on a farm by St. Michael, and I lived there until I was uh, 12. And then the Hennepin County bought that farm and made a park out of it, the Crowhassen Reserve, that park in the okay. sort of the northwest corner of Hennepin County. So it was beautiful, beautiful area, but, uh, so, you know, at the time it was kind of remote. Oh, yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah. it was. We'd get snowed in. We'd be snowed in for three days. You know? <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, then they moved to Dayton, and I, I lived then, That's I left home from Dayton. So okay. I stayed there until I was... Right. You you left home young back then, so how like young? Seventeen. Okay. And yeah. how how did that go? Like how did you leave home? Did you just say like, see you oh. guys? Like where was your destination? <laughs> my car. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I lived in my car until I found an apartment. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't so much. Uh, bye guys. I'm heading out. It was like, uh, you know, a, a fight, a yeah. disagreement. Um, and uh, and then I just left. I mean, I think that was, you know, probably, well, I think a lot of teenagers leave on that basis. Yeah. Least they used to, I mean, I see teenage, teenagers, they don't leave when they're teenagers anymore. <laughs> they don't leave ever. <laughs> no, a lot of 20, 30-year-olds do it. But right. uh, no, back then, man, you, uh, you know, you graduated from high school, and if you didn't leave home, your parents were likely to kick you out. Hmm. Nobody, you know. That's what happened to me. Like, yeah, I mean, that was. Yeah. That yeah. would have been more the norm. Right. Isn't that sort of like the old rite of passage? Like you, like you, graduate high school, you punch your old man in the face, and you leave the house, and that's it. 
Yeah, I didn't then you, punch then my man. old man, but we did. We did <laughs> get an kidding. argument. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we did get an. But I, I was more likely to argue with my my mother than. Oh, my, sure. Yeah, she was a pain. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah, you know, lovely woman <laughs> and all that. But <laughs> yes, I love Graham and Pat. But yeah, but yeah. she was a pain. She was so. So when you left, I mean, where were you going to go? I mean, how, what, did you? Where were you heading? Oh, when you left. Uh, well, you know, I came from a family what ver- year, very year much uh, uh, 68. Hmm. 67, yeah. 68, right? Yeah. But nobody in my family uh, went to college. So right. we, didn't, we didn't have plans like that. It would have been, you know, go out and find a job. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, so <laughs> actually that's what I did. I went out and found a job as an orderly at, uh, at Mercy Hospital. So I went into the employment office, and they said, well, what are you interested in? And I said, I don't know. I was really good in uh, math and science and that kind of thing, probably. And they said, well, why not? You know, they need, a, they need an orderly over at, uh, at Mercy Hospital. Why don't you try that out and just see how it goes for you? So I went over there, I, and I got a job. in the. It was in the operating room. It wasn't really a hospital orderly. It was a, an assistant in the operating room. Mm-hmm. And... Then the nurses there said, "You know, you are a smart guy. Like, why are you, why are you just working as an orderly? You should, you need to get into school, and get educated, get a, you know, get a decent job." And you know, I, I mean, I just didn't think in those terms. We didn't. Right. M- people in my class, and at that point in time, you'd have got a job at a factory. By the time you were twenty, yeah, probably been married or get, got married shortly after that, and then you just set about you know making your life. Hmm. So it it was just a totally different approach to to life. You know, people married way younger, uh-huh. and I don't think there was you know there wasn't any stigma to getting a factory job or a, a you know mechanic or whatever mm-hmm. anything like that. But when I went, so I, I did listen to these nurses at Mercy, and I went to uh, Anoka Ramsey and got an associate's degree in nursing. And, I, and I, I did that because I looked around at the time, and of, I really wanted to travel. And of all the jobs that you could, you know, get and find work anywhere, and I, also the fact that I was like, you know, there were two or three percent of nurses at the time were were male nurses so yeah how how was that in during class were you one of the few male students yeah well yeah i think out of you know uh, maybe a little over 100 uh, students there were three or four Hmm. males i mean it was minimal that sounds Mm -hmm. great you know (laughs) (laughs) i like i like those odds yeah Yeah, i mean i just you know in general it's a smile on my face i can't help but smile as we're talking only uh only problem was i was married already so oh well there you go and the other two uh the other two guys in the class were gay so you know oh were they were they open or did you know that about them or was it just that you suspected it because that would have been 68 that have been hard to be open yeah people were not open like they are today no no right. but i think that um well also uh, back then uh if they were acting on it 
you know, I mean, if they were actually living a gay life, they were not, no, you didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Right. You mm-hmm. might know that they were effeminate and probably not like you, but, but which would have, you know, that, that would have been more the way that you, uh, it, it wasn't that they said, hey, I'm gay, you know, <laughs> get used to it or something. Right. No, no, it was still not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, that's, God, I think about that when, when we talk about, like, make America great again. And I'm not bagging on any of that. I'm just saying that... It was not great for those people. There, no. You know, all... No. I'm, I'm 45 or whatever. I, like, I came into the world thinking that, uh, or being taught that, you know, civil rights had happened and, and everything was equal. Oh, and, yeah. you know, women's rights, everything was equal now. And and that's the way we grew up. Yeah, basically was was being taught that everything was equal. Equal, oh. but but in nineteen seventy five, yeah, you mean like they touched that. But then when you graduated or got out of school, you figured out no, it's not really true. Yet. Well, actually, I moved to places like Uptown and Seattle, yeah. and you know, and you got oh, Colorado. Oh, well, but I was with a so lot of people it, who were inclusive of so, everybody. So it was right. true there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the places right. that the people I hung out with. It's it's always felt like things were equal, but then when you when you peer outside of that a little bit, well, you're you like, know what the crap. we've talked about this before. What the indicator is is pop culture because I will look back on. I grew up on MTV and movies, and you look back on some of those movies now and the jokes they make. You're like, oh, that's that wouldn't last. <laughs> oh today. yeah, and that's not even, even the early 2000s. Yes, that's not even stuff. that long ago. It's not that long ago. No. So at the time, no one blinked an eye, and then right. now no. it's just like, well doesn't hold yeah, water so. but you know the and and you don't you'd only really know this uh if you live through several generations you realize that these generational differences uh really come into play sometimes and with those kinds of cultural you know with those kinds mm-hmm. of social behaviors that are in one generation they're socially acceptable and the next they're like taboo just right. can't do them mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. and i think uh you know that's to a degree uh that's what uh al franken fell victim to mm-hmm. you know what what he was being a jackass you know he's, he's doing like jokes like and oh, he's yeah, my yeah. age you know yeah. so nothing that he did even if he had done it what would have been necessarily you know like slapping a woman's ass back then was not something that the woman would have even necessarily objected to, you know. <laughs> no, I mean honestly. In fact, no, I know it's, you go to I know Mexico it's right, today, but it's like, holy shit! Dude. I know, wow. but, it's, but it's true. Sorry, but it's, no, 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 it's, it's true though. I get it. But this it's is my changed. point. Yeah, yeah. is yeah. that there's a dramatic difference, and uh, and you know, so uh, you condemn people from a previous generation where that was a norm, you know, a normal behavior or. Right. You know, whether it was common, common, whether it was behavior. good or not is not the point. It's no. whether it was normal or not. No, you, you know, people. But, you you know what I'm saying? Like whether whether it's one thing to say, fifty years ago it was okay to slap a woman on the ass, and, and neither party was very aggrieved. Well, by okay that or, or not okay, it was uh, commonly accepted. Uh, yes, and and actually, uh, sort of more, you might think of it as flirtatious kind of behavior. And uh, do, you don't think uh, women slap men on the ass? I mean. You know, it went both ways. <laughs> no, they, no, they. People were maybe more openly. Yeah, you they, know, but to right. be to judge someone from that time who had been, you know, 
50 years on, you're saying, well, you used to do this. Like, yeah, so, so did everybody else. And now we all know better is what you're saying. Yeah, and it's just having the conversation yeah. we sh- about it. E- oh, yeah, I'm not saying that it was that it's appropriate today no, no. or anything like that. What I'm saying is that people from different generations don't necessarily understand, especially if you're from the newer generation that has had zero exposure to that. But, you know, like the difference, so the difference between uh, my parents' parents and mm. my parents were dramatic as well. Mm-hmm. I right. mean, you know, so when I was a child, like a five-year-old, thinking back on how men treated women from that generation, you know, people people that uh, uh, my parents' parents, so you know, some, like some of the late eighteen hundreds, yeah, 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 turn or even before, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, late eighteen hundreds, very early nineteen hundreds, people that were from that era. Uh, Oh man! I mean, the treatment of women—you you know, like a, a woman was like a child. Should it, it should mm-hmm. be there, be a servant, but not be heard ever. Mm-hmm. Have no input. Uh, you know, was well, whatever. They're there to please you, do your work primarily. Mm-hmm. I would right. say that was the. Uh, and uh, you know, even even my mother's generation was significantly liberated from that kind yep. of treatment. But it was still more like uh, Ozzie and Harriet kind of, you know, a woman was a housewife, stayed home, didn't think about education, raised kids, was happy doing all that, you know, didn't aspire to anything more in life. And and that was, you know, uh, starting to change even towards the end of my, I mean, my mother uh, finally got a driver's license maybe when she was in her 60s, late hmm. 50s, mm-hmm. started getting more independent, got a job. Because I think she was looking at the reality of uh, other women's lives and and, and her own that uh, her husband diabetic and you know m- a lot of medical issues not going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, she lived till she was in her nineties, ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she had a long time of looking forward to being independent, and so um, you know she finally did uh, start thinking that way. You know. Yeah, I know my mom's mom. Well, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you were married to her for a while. Yeah, I know the woman. <laughs> you better, you know, <laughs> famous, famous. Yeah, uh, Grandma Margaret never, never had a driver's license. You know, never drove. She like there's there was always one story of the one time that got told over and over and over. The one time Grandma Margaret got behind the wheel and crashed into something, and oh. that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that was not it. Yeah. she didn't cause any damage. She was only going five miles an hour, but. Like that was it. Never in her whole, whole life did she drive a car after that. But strange. Yeah. Well, when uh, when I was a kid, and so if we were home with my mother, and we had for some reason we had to go to town, it, it was a matter of who doesn't have a license but has the most experience driving. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so she never drove. Well, it was I was one of us kids, and none of us had licenses, but. As a farm kid, you drove in the fields yeah. all the time, or back and forth to the fields, right. and you and you drove tractors, and so you know, like you knew your way around the car. The, yeah, you could handle the. You could handle driving the. Tail. If you could see over the steering wheel, you yeah, could handle driving. Touch it. the gas and brake, <laughs> and, and, and see I, over the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. maybe a phone book under your, <laughs> you know, a no seat belts. No, <laughs> you know, no, no, a block tied to your foot. The uh, the. Oh. 
I imagine, <laughs> I imagine if you were, you know, there were no uh, cops and SUVs or anything. So if you drove no. by the the local cop, he was like, eh, "There go the farm kids." Like, like, no, that's no problem. They wouldn't have. Uh, no, wouldn't have thought anything of it. No. Yeah. No. And my when my parents, they didn't need a driver's. I mean that that came. That's one of the reasons my mother didn't uh, have a driver's license is not that she couldn't drive at all. She didn't like it much, but it's because the practice of licensing drivers didn't happen until well into her adulthood. So Hmm. she just never went in and got one. Yeah. Craziness. All right. Well, let's take our first break. Break. Our our break. We're really rusty at this, aren't we? I think we're doing fine. We're doing fine. It's all normal. Isn't it? It feels, yeah. it feels uh, good. Feels yeah. normal to me. Yeah, <laughs> this is pretty normal. Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> Sarah's kind of a perfectionist. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll take a <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the Andalin app, a first-of-its-kind digital legacy preservation app that allows you to digitally attach photos, videos, and audio recordings to the places and objects you love. Imagine hearing your grandmother's voice telling the stories of your family heirlooms. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin, available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what is not? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeler servicing residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consultation. Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. His strong connections in the Minnesota art world give him a unique perspective on the talented pool of artists from our region. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit JamesHolmberg.com to find out more. All right. Do you want to go on a wilderness adventure with me, Sam? Or maybe you know a group of kids who could benefit from an extended break from their electronics. Or maybe you just need a break from those kids. Visit earthedfound.org for more information about how to get started. For information about becoming a sponsor of Legacy Matters, please visit LegacyMattersPodcast.com. We do is talk. Ready, ready, ready. Yeah. Did you start? I did. Of course you did. All right, we're back. We're back. Ron's still here. Yeah, Ron stuck around. Ron stuck around. Stuck around. It's like I'm going somewhere. We haven't we haven't scared off anybody yet, have we? No, I. No. I am waiting for that one person to just like happen. I don't smack the mic over and run out of here. Who is it going to be? Vince Neil. I know. We. I. That's funny because that's exactly who I was thinking too. Yeah, because by the time he gets in here, he's going to be just 
You guys are idiots. Should who, I know who, uh, who are you talking? Is? Oh, Vince Neil. Oh, he's, that remember that time we, we yeah. actually were oh, having conversations was, with Vince Neil's people? It was a, a singer of mine, like crew. Um, yes. Oh, oh, and it's okay. it's a real deal. That could happen with him. That's allowed. Jim, I have to tell you very quickly. I played a my YouTube medley of you know Journey and my normal nonsense, yes. Mike McDonald. And I threw in the little crew. Oh, nice. Yeah. nice. And a little Def Leppard. Nice. Good job. <laughs> hey, we have a quick special guest. Come here. That wants oh, to say hello. Oh, are we going to introduce a special yeah. guest? What's your name? Olive. You got it. Olive. Hey, and, Olive. Who, and who are you? Can, mm. can we get the full name, too? Can Olive Tyson Angus Martha. Well, no, it's Olive Wait. Agnes Martha. Olive <laughs> Agnes Martha Tyson. <laughs> and, and who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> Because my mom dead. Because my dad had to go to the doctor's office. Then, um, <laughs> then um, and who's that sitting across from me? From you? From who's that? With the blue shirt. Who's that? Uh, Sam. Yeah. And and what? How are we related? Um. So, my I don't really get it very much, but um, my my dad. No my uh. Yeah, but who are you to me? He's your I brother. Mean, yeah. He's, I'm your brother. You're you're yeah. my sister. Sis- <laughs> I'm your brother. It's okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. your I'm your little sister. sister. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Okay. You yep. nailed it. You nailed it. Well, that was very nice. So, so, Olive, are you good and ready to get back to school? Um. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> How are you going to do school this year? I'm gonna sort of be there sometimes. I think. Um. But that's only outside, and I might, and that's only for activities. Yeah, I think you're going to do your uh, learning. You're going to do that at home. You're going to do distance learning, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, once or twice a week they're going to have school-sponsored uh, activities that are outside, so all the kids can mm. get together and do them. You yeah. love being Ooh. outside. Yes, I do. Yeah. Are they going to do that in the winter? Winter too. You know they I have a. They have a program at the school. Tell them what your program is in the winter that you do in the mornings. Oh, um, morning mile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she walks basically a mile every single day, which is more than most people yeah. do. Yeah, they have a really excellent program there. The sometimes, kids, as soon as they hop off the bus. you don't even have to walk one mile. Mm-hmm. And there's this whistle that you can mm-hmm. hear. Mm-hmm. Miss... Mr. Manusa? Mr. Manusa, our gym teacher. Banusa. Banusa. Mr. Yeah. Banusa. Um, he blows a whistle. He hears the whistle from inside that's done with lunch, I mean, breakfast. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can have breakfast at school. Um, yeah. That yeah. happens. And then, then he blows his whistle. And then, and then we all round up. So we can do like two miles or a half a mile. Like mm-hmm. But you're encouraged to do the morning mile, huh? Yeah. Yes. That's we always, awesome. We have to do the morning mile unless we're like late for school and we finish breakfast. Then you get in and trouble. I think they, <laughs> no, what is it? Is it, if it's above 10 degrees, is that what it is? No, we do it on like when it's hot days. And very cold but days. But you do it during the winter very, too. Very, very, very cold days. Yeah. We don't, we don't do it. No. But that's or very, the exception. very, very mm-hmm. hot days. We don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Right. but we you're, like you're tough as nails, Minnesota uh, tough as nails. It has to be below 90 or above 10 degrees, and then you do morning mile. Perfect. Yeah. That's really cool. It's right? a great thing, really. Yeah. Get the yeah. wiggles out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
he he does uh, so they do distance learning uh they do i had you know over distance learning so Mm -hmm. he shows them activities to do and then they have to go out and do it right maybe take films of themselves doing it and then they submit that Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for, thanks, for introducing Olive. yourself and talking to us for a moment. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Olive. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh, bye. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was going to tell him that you're my dad, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's my daughter. Ron Teeson is also my dad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think they got the idea. <laughs> well, thank you. I have three moms. Yes. Yeah, what? you do. Three ish moms? Mm. Well, uh, well, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what well, that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, a lot of people are willing to be mom like for you. Yeah, that's true. for sure. <laughs> I'll say. Okay. Well. Yeah, so back back to it. Where were we? What were we talking about? Or did we. Well, here's what happens is that we go on these breaks and then we talk for like 45 minutes. And you do all the good talking during the break. We kind of do, it, yeah. you know, and then we come back and it's like... Some of the more controversial stuff that... Uh, right. We, we were getting into politics a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So we well, we should that. get into politics because I'm running for office. So well, I, yeah, we can, uh, we can, you know, at least talk about the fact that you are running for office in your district. Yeah. And what is have, the district name or the number? Oh, it's just, it's uh, House District uh, 15B. 15B. Yes, it's up uh, Clearwater, Clear Lake, Becker, Foley, that, that area. Well, we've got a, uh, certainly by now we, we believe we have an international audience. And so I'm not I'm sure. Yeah, a lot we, of have a, we have a few. <laughs> no, a nobody. Few. And you. You know the thing about it is is that it's not that there's nothing going on in in my district that would be of interest to a local politician but that isn't what's running politics anyway. So whether you're, you know, Minnesota, national, international, is sort of politics in the United States is driven by this severe polarization and you know, there's there's no there's no real middle ground anywhere, and not not much opportunity for even talking about you know local issues. Yeah, and it's uh, it's funny because the you know the term uh, two sides of the same coin or whatever like the the politics whether that polarization like if you get down to the core of it people actually need and want kind of the same things to happen mm-hmm. in the future mm-hmm. yeah the the polarization is in the uh, polit- it's built into the political system it's not mm-hmm. people i mean if you no. if you explore uh majority opinions on on issues you know like uh immigration or abortion or guns or all the things that we think were highly polarized. And that there's uh, only two options and one yeah, is diametrically opposed to yeah, the other. And that's, yeah, that yeah. that's it and right. there's no discussion, end of discussion. Yeah, you're this, I'm that. But what happens is politicians push that notion that they, they use issues that certain people will never resolve. So that keeps a certain segment of the population... Uh, you know, s- s- on their team, and then you know, a lot of other people have mixed feelings, so they're willing to be part of it. But if you ask the majority of Americans, uh, do you want to put women that have a- abortion in jail? No, they don't want to do that. They right. don't want to criminalize it. Do you uh, do you want to ban it under all circumstances? You know, no, they don't want to do that. That's like 80% of people don't want to do that. 90% of people don't want to put them in jail or yeah. criminalize it. 
So what they're saying is they want it regulated. Well, it is regulated, and we all want it regulated. So it's so the majority of people support regulated abortion. They don't support a total ban on abortion. That's a tiny number of people. Same thing with guns. You know, they make it an issue like, oh, our Second Amendment rights, you're taking away our Second No, that's bullshit. You know, nobody, I mean, I'm 70 years old. I've owned guns since I was eight years old. Not once in my lifetime has there been a credible effort to take my guns away, but there's always been talk, even before I was born, they were regulating fully automatic weapons and things like that. You know, and all through my life, uh, I think they maybe tried to over-regulate over, uh, handguns for a while after Reagan got shot. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that passed because, you know, people just didn't want it. Yes. But there's been efforts, varying efforts at regulation, uh, trying to regulate assault weapons because that would seem like a reasonable thing to do. And most people support that. But the you know the the polarization occurs when you've got groups like the nra particularly that group that puts so much money into politics that they and skew into, and in, into narratives that don't actually fit the situation they don't fit the situation but what and it's it skews the politics not the public opinion i mean you know, most people do not. I think the NRA has a membership of five million people or something. It's not a like this huge organization. No, I mean that's a that's you know a little over one percent of the country. And ninety-nine percent are not. When it comes to opinions on should we control the sale of guns so that they're not just randomly sold at flea markets and gun swap meets and mm-hmm. you know whatever. All those, and, and should they should they be licensed or regulated? You know, should they or uh, should we be registering sales? And yeah, most people, eighty yeah. percent. I mean, people I think, think we should be doing that. When you get into these things, and yes, there are you know whether it's, and and it's funny because uh, we don't talk politics. So even having you talk about this stuff, you know, it's well, it's, but I'm, I'm not particular. I'm I'm not pushing a Republican or a Democrat no. point no, of view. I'm saying common, that the majority, sense. Yeah. the majority of people. So yeah. the the problem is that our politicians on both sides yep. are pushing this the, these extreme narratives that drive us apart. Yeah, it's not Republican or Democrat. It's politicians versus regular people. Right. And the reason for that, I think, is that for so long now, since the 80s, really since the 1980s, we've been increasing and increasing and increasing uh, financing from outside sources for for politics. So our politicians are pursuing not not the general agreement of people, so they get donations from people for their campaigns because they never got enough for that. They always wanted more than they. They are pursuing wealthy people, wealthy donors, and wealthy donors are buying this uh, division. Well, there's that money keeps to us, be made in all of it. There's money to be made by not resolving, like say, for example, healthcare. Trillion and a half dollars we spend annually, over and above what we would normally spend, to, you know, by any international standard. In the United States alone, we spend a trillion and a half dollars annually, more than we need to for the cost of the quality of medicine we would want. 
a trillion and a half dollars. Yeah, I mean, because that status you know quo is, that is. is helping the system kind of chug along. Well, I'll tell you, I do know. I mean, I can't quite fathom how much a trillion and a half is. I really can't because it's such a massive number. But I, it's a lot of money. I do know that uh, it sure is. The boys and I were driving, and we heard a, a piece on the radio about. Uh, what? How much cost there would be to remove one of the large garbage patches in the ocean? No. Oh, mm-hmm. And the the story went that uh, it, it's you know it's possible. You're listening to this. We're listening to this yeah. on on NPR. Yep. Yeah. The so they're talking about how massive this garbage patch is and how much damage it's doing. And uh, what we were told was that it would. The, the estimate to clean up a garbage patch, and there's two or three of them in yeah. the various oceans, uh, yeah. was like $10 billion. Yeah. And and so Thiessen and I and Maddox, we decided we'd, we'd double that. Let's say let's say they were wrong, and it's yeah, really it takes twice that $20 much. billion. Dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. $20 billion is, a, is enough money to do something incredibly massive and take care of this, and a trillion and a half is I can't even do that math it's a million billions no <laughs> is that what, what it is is it it's I, it, no is it uh, there, well there's a, no it's a thousand a thousand billion. billions a thousand billions so right one thousand five hundred billions right one thousand five hundred minus twenty is fourteen thousand or one thousand four hundred and eighty you'd still have left over and that's just Bill- in, in billions, yeah. In billions, yeah. It's well, it's nuts. I mean, as it, an example, uh, you know, the um, like the total amount of student debt in the United States for everybody that's carrying student debt from, you know, from whenever. Yeah, people have student debt that's thirty, forty years old. Some people, and uh, up to today, the entire amount of student debt is around a trillion and a half. So, like in annually, we overspend on medicine enough annually to pay off all student debt and can you imagine right. what existing. that would do to the economy yeah how the economy would uh, not be tethered to mm-hmm. yeah and for that lower and you know this is uh, people um so uh, like bernie sanders uh that's his agenda really his biggest agenda item probably uh, health care and you know he gets attacked from both sides on this. It's not just the uh, Republicans that are attacking him on this. It's Democrats, too. Because the healthcare industry, between medical equipment, pharmaceutical, insurance companies, mm-hmm. they are the biggest donors to both parties. And, oh, yeah. And have been for forever. And so for them to keep this confusing... And to you know con- continue to I mean if you think about it we've been overspending to that degree for although it's getting worse but we've been overspending to that degree for you know probably 30 40 years uh, when it started accelerating at a rapid pace the annual growth of cost of health care for no good reason you know right I mean we we were in double digit inflation for with health care long before. Anyway, you guys don't want to keep talking no, about No, no. Well, I, I, I had started to say that we don't talk politics, and I think you took it to mean, you know, whatever. I, what, I was, what I was going to say was that it's, it's funny how it sort of feels uncomfortable to even talk about political issues without po- 
politicizing it, without taking a side or a stance to even bring up these things. But I think that's the important. And you do that. I know I see your Facebook post, but you do try and depoliticize the the discussions that you have about it. Uh, you know, I'm running for office. I don't talk about the guy I'm running against. There's nothing to talk about. You know, I don't. I I have no intention of debating him because what are you going to debate? You could black and white. I, you know, say you can't say black is white or white is black. It's just there. There's no resolution there. So, but that's in the politics. There, are, I have had multiple conservative people calling me to talk about. You know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about, like, how do you feel about the high cost of, I got a call on the way down here today, driving down here. A guy from northern Minnesota, how do you feel about the cost of uh, insulin? You know, there's no reason for insulin to cost, you know, right. Right. What it does. thousands of dollars a month. To, no, that's totally ridiculous. Insulin, we have had high quality insulin around forever. And you you can get... Uh, uh, insulin, you know, like at Walmart or whatever, you can get it for for far, far cheaper. But it's not the latest hot off the market. Got this little tweak or that little tweak, but it saves your life. It keeps you healthy. It's a little, maybe a little. But we don't do that. Like why? Why don't we just cut off this high, high, expensive market and use the great stuff we already have and and kill that market? So they get those prices down where they belong. I mean, technology prices go down every. You, you, when's the you know when's the last time you saw the price of a big screen TV go up? Right. They go down every damn year because they've improved the processes for. The same is true for drugs. It's just that they tweak it in some tiny way to keep a patent going mm-hmm. to keep it you know off the generic market. I mean our. Uh, Don't get me started. Well, I I love that analogy, though. I mean, it is interesting. I mean, you're you're right. I mean, we were talking the other day. I mean, as far as a TV goes, I mean, right now it's like, my God, dirt cheap. They give them away. Who, who, you know, who thought that you could get any TV you want for almost, you know, a variety of prices? Yeah, Yeah, look at the speed of your internet that doesn't cost you any more than it did. uh, You know, absolutely, it's what a hundred, a thousand times faster. I mean. Right. You know, across the board. But the reason that health uh, healthcare hasn't done this, it's not about the delivery of healthcare because it isn't like all this money is going to your doctor or even the hospital. It's about the industry of healthcare and the mm-hmm. corporations that are trying to control it um, and uh, the corporations that control uh, health, equipment manufacturing pharmaceutical manufacturing and the, I mean the laws are all written by them for them they we people aren't writing these laws you know they're lobbyists write them I think that's a I think that's a good point I, I think the this isn't these aren't things that are led by the people no and, and the problem with things not being led by the people is in the day of in the age of Facebook you've got everybody's got an an opinion though you know they're not actually able to affect anything but they but they've picked their side and they've got their opinion and now they've got this platform to sort of blast their opinion around and walk away from it and never even have to think about it you know it's facebook it's just such an odd well the 
the era. flaw in the Democratic uh, position on this is that they're saying, uh, oh, we have to just do incremental changes. We can't. Uh, you know, we can't bite off more than we can chew at a time. In other words, like with the uh, ACA, the Mer uh, it's Affordable Care Act. Yep. No, you can't do a, a public option because that would be just taking too much of a chance and offending too many people. We just can't do that. You know, that we have to do it incrementally, just a little bit at a time. Just bend that curve, you know. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? Because it would uh, enormously piss off the people that are profiting immensely from this, their right. donors, and so uh, so that's the that's why the Democrats don't dive in deep in a deep dive like Sanders wants to do, and then the Republicans have they don't want um, they want it completely privatized. I mean, they'd rather get rid of uh, Medicare and all uh, public. Uh, assistance uh, yeah of it. any kind and get it all privatized because they want all that money they don't want even cost controls on things like uh medicare it's uh well and again you, but you're talking you're talking about the democrats want this and the republicans it's not want the that. people yeah no. it's 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 not it's the there is a part of the party that makes its money this way right and that's why they they when you you know air quotes around they that's yeah. the people who are in control of that part of the party being a republican in you know rural minnesota or even in in or, the cities yeah. it doesn't matter no. being a republican just means that you're siding with the platform of the party and if you, you know, that's where I think people get into trouble is they don't actually take the time to formulate and express their own opinion right. about, because if you put that to them and you said, well, yeah, but, you know, you're supportive of the Democratic Party. I get that. But the Democratic Party is pushing this agenda mm -hmm. in this way. Are you supportive of that? And Well, in every single issue. And that's, yeah. I think, what Ron is trying to make the case here. It's common sense and it's the bell curve, right? When you look at the, on right. any specific yeah. issue, most people are at the top. They're all going to be, right. you know, kind of this common sense consensus. Yeah. It's these fringes on the end now that are having the control and the that voice. That are driving it. Yep. Yep. And that's screwing us all. Well, well it is. So I think we as citizens need to be informed we need to do our due diligence and that's reading and um you know being aware of what's yeah, going on it's having the conversation and then yeah it's forming your own opinion you can't just go by party doctrine or you know group think it's like take all that information listen to divergent points of view because maybe you'll get something from it but come up with your own um your own kind of analysis of what's going on do you do you suppose dad that i mean because we're we're obviously in you know the midst of a pandemic and we're in the midst of uh, yeah. political crisis kind of here in America. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Ugh. But anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. So so there's you know healthcare needs fixing, uh, but but healthcare delivery doesn't necessarily. There's there's no healthcare delivery. The doctors, the nurses, fine. the people we're, doing we're the very work. good medicine delivered by very good people. And they and by the way, that's a private uh, market. We don't uh, want government hired physicians and government owned hospitals. There's competition in medicine, but the, what there where there shouldn't be competition 
is in healthcare payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the best insurance company, what's that? The, and then the right. best insurance company is the one that pays the bill. That's it. There's nothing. Right. You don't get high quality health care insurance or low quality. You get health insurance that pays the bill. That's all it has to do. Right. And and not and uh, if the government if, or if you have a single payer, and I don't care how that works. I mean, because there are many ways you could structure a single payer system. But if you have a single payer and you uh, and you negotiate like every other country in the world uh, with these pharmaceutical companies or medical equipment manufacturers, then you get volume pricing at the rate that everybody else in the world gets. You know, yeah. but we prohibit that. We don't even let Medicare do that. Mm-hmm. So, but but what I was you know the point is it, like not any single issue. Forget forget one single yeah. issue because we could talk that all day. But like if if we don't fix politics, can we can we fix the issue with healthcare? If we don't fix politics, no. can we fix no. the issue with border you know border issues? No. If we don't fix politics, can we fix any of them? And I no. think. I think clearly the answer What's is the no. System? Yeah, no. Y- you know, mm-hmm. so if so, the first thing that we like because we're moving into a new future. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, there's a shift sooner than later. You know, and yeah. I hope it's not dystopian. I hope it's a beautiful oh, I future. Hope not. You know, yeah. I'm an optimist. I I think we've got. I think we've got to figure things out in a in a positive way in the future. Yeah, and that that really. You know, everything I've been seeing lately, it's like, I think we get fatigued when we look at the issues, when we say, this is so screwed up, and that's so screwed up, and this is so screwed up. And and for so long. Yeah. Yeah. um, But in so many ways, a lot of things aren't, it's, they're not as broken as the two sides of the political no. spectrum not, not, right no, no, no. Uh, not in your no. day-to-day life no, no i mean look at it it's a, we live in a really nice place you walk down the street mm-hmm. uh, you're not being accosted by uh, your political enemies so. i mean i you know right. no I've, i mean it's not people get on we were at that it's run. a beautiful country with lots of good things going on too we were at that run together you know what were there tens of thousands of people there uh, not, well, I didn't see a single incident of any kind. No, fighting. Of no. My, my, my kids are. Oh, this was a while back. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, but yeah, Kate yeah. was in. Oh, the, oh yeah, maybe, I know. Marathon. maybe this. Marathon. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Twin Cities Marathon. Yeah, but you see any anything? Although there's not a whole lot of get-togethers these days, are there? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, I mean, today no. is a little bit. But more, you, know, you know, walk down the street, people get along. Go to the yep. gas station. You know, go to whatever. Yeah, we're living we in get the along same. every single day. We all we're, this this division For, is artificial. It is artificial. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And 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 so, if you, you know, if you focus in on everything at once and say, "Well, my side feels this, and your side feels that," and, and you get into these arguments, nothing ever seems to change. And it doesn't. No. And you know, you are running for office, and I, you know, I don't know what it means to a to an old man when uh, his son tells him that he's proud of him. But I'm proud oh. of you for running for office. Oh, because well, thank you. Yeah. Because it is. It, as much as people say they hate politicians and as much as they they hate the process, it is leading the 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 problems. Like it, that is the thing that needs to get fixed to allow the others to sort themselves out. Well, not uh, not everybody that holds a political office is a politician, and yeah, that I was you know the say that. thing is that politicians are a particular kind of person. 
like uh, I know it's kind of um, po- it's popular among politicians to deny you're a politician, you know, but I'm actually not. I didn't get into this race because I wanted to be in politics. In fact, I really don't want to be. I mean, That's if fair. there was something else I could be doing right now, I'd rather be fishing. I'd rather be taking care of my daughter and doing her distance learning. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things. But you're motivated right now. I'm motivated only because I I would like, like uh, an awful lot of people I know anyway, I'd like to get the hell, Trump the hell out of office. Uh, That'd be my main thing. Uh, This guy I'm running against is is like a twerp, really. I mean, he's he's not a dangerous guy, but... If you look at collectively at the way the Republican Party has managed uh, Donald Trump and the danger that he poses to the country, they frankly, they haven't. They haven't at all. They're willing to ride along on his coattails and get reelected without constraining him in any way. And he's going down a path that's very, very dark and leading us into, I mean, this isn't Republican, n- nothing no, no, in I, my lifetime makes me believe this is Republican behavior. You know, this right. no, isn't conservative no. behavior. No, Republican you look at Arne Carlson, idea, right? our former governor back in the day. Yeah. That was a that was a a Republican, you know. A conservative. I mean, yeah, yeah, and a conservative. Yeah. 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 No, this isn't I don't know. This is uh it's more cult-like than anything. I don't know. It's I hate yeah. to use that term, but but that's what hypernationalism and this defense of white supremacy, that's what it is. It's a, it's a cult. Yeah, I mean, anyone, anyone disagreeing with this, fine. You can, you, know, you can disagree with your take on it or whatever. But, but we're seeing things, things look different than they have ever looked in our, in our lifetimes. You know? Yeah, you know, and I try, I try really hard to think about that. Like, because, I mean, I was a, a sentient adult in the the late 60s early 70s when when there was fundamental radical change going on in the United States but uh, no there was nothing like this I never I never once felt like the the Republic was gonna fall you know like the like the rule of law was done dead mm-hmm. gone over you know right. no I never felt like that I I mean there were Republicans and Democrats both that um, were were on the panel that you know examined uh, Watergate, the Watergate hearings, and and they both subscribed to the same truth, you know, what, what wherever the evidence led them, and uh, you know, I mean, there was some politics played, but nothing nothing like this. We've got two narratives going on that are polar opposites that can't both be They're true, yeah. and there's no bringing that together as long mm-hmm. as people. It's not the public. It's not the well. It's it's our politics. No, I don't think it's the public at all. And no. and I, you know, you know my history working at camps with kids, um, and we're hiring in some younger kind of interns in the, yeah. on our tech company. I like. I worry. I worry that people aren't relaying this message well to. Uh, 
people in their teens and 20s that that this isn't normal because if you didn't grow up that's a problem mm-hmm. yeah yeah if, if i i had the benefit of growing up through times that didn't look like this and if you're just coming of age in this era and you're believing that this is the way it's always that's been, a yeah. really interesting thing that's happening yeah. right now mm-hmm. like you know because we're relating all of this to our past mm-hmm. right past. because we have perspective yeah, so we so have something to compare it to yeah. we have a point of reference so yeah. to speak you know but like if you're young you know i mean yeah the point I, of reference is i mean this is the beginning this is this is what your life those are such formative years and right. i worry uh-huh. i really do worry that that something is not good is going to come out of this you know for some people or it's going to be great i don't it's, really know uh, you know the the thing we we were talking about this during the break about the uh, about generational change and the rapid pace yep. of it. It could have been you know in the past, it could have been fifty generations of people with really not a whole lot of change socially or in values or whatever. Now it's like exponential change. Like our like our technology mm-hmm. is changing. Your computer is outdating yeah. in two or three years. Kids, uh, like a fifteen year old kid, hasn't got a clue what a Republican might have looked like, you know, right. or what a normal political argument might have looked like. Or, you know, one thing is, though, it has been going on for quite a while, like these negative ads and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, we have been declining in a lot of ways for a long time that we have sort of uh, cast a blind eye to. But uh, this is this we've been slipping into this deep hole for you know, a lot longer than Trump. Sure. Yeah. You know, you know what? Uh, I don't think a place where we have not been sli- slipping into a deep hole is really in education. I think the as, yeah, no, I as things have advanced in our understanding of a lot of different things, especially psychology, probably um, the the practice of educating has but, uh, improved. L- yeah, but look who's getting attacked, and yeah. and and our educational system is under direct attack. Uh, uh, that the fact that teachers would question, you know, I mean, you got Donald Trump demanding absolute loyalty under all circumstances. You got the fundamentalist uh, Christians, or not they're, they're not Christians, I'm sorry, fundamentalists, uh, religious fundamentalists um, who are decidedly not Christian. You have those people uh, insisting on a, on a very rigid, like, you know, taking science out of school. Uh, that creationism has an equal place in w- in the science classroom. I mean, you know, right? Come on. It's, yeah, but this all goes back to political lobbying and political power. And it's, I, yes, in that case, it's the power of. There's like sixty million of those, uh, uh, you know, religious fundamentalist fundamentalist folks. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have uh, we have blazed through <laughs> another half hour here. We're a little over it, but um, it's okay. But. It kind uh, of goes by fast in a strange way. Yeah, it does. You know, it's because I do have a question back to, you know, oh, here ahead. you are. I mean, Ron, do you have brothers or sisters? Yeah, I've got, uh, well, I, uh, one uh, sister died, but I had uh, six brothers and one sister. Okay. I still have six brothers. Yeah. yeah. And where are all of them? They're, uh, they're all... Uh, uh, yeah, this is the legacy part of it. Um, it. It is. I mean, I, I know it. Yeah, one you know, down I in try Kentucky. To reel it back every now and then. Uh, one down in Kentucky. One out in uh, in uh, Oregon. Uh, uh, one up in uh, Bemidji. 
Korea. One, yeah, one over in Korea. Hmm. <laughs> You're not kidding. They, so okay, so no, they're is, all over. And oh, one oh. in uh, northern Wisconsin. Uh, is I think that's it. Okay, I think you got it. It's like yeah, uh, yeah. but spread out. Yeah, and okay. uh, we're. Uh, the uh, lately politics has driven a big wedge in my mm-hmm. sibling group. Okay. Because we have people, you know, on the I would say, uh, they're they're not uh, they're not like fascists or they're not uh, hardcore racists or anything like that, but religious fundamentalists, yeah. Okay. And uh, that has. Uh, to to some degree, I don't know, not, not necessarily because I'm not uh, actively, uh, you know, uh, at war with them. But right. we don't have it's much to talk about. Wedge. Yeah, it's a quiet wedge. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. There's just not much to talk about because, no, I, I'm not going to. I can't accept yeah. that. So. Right. Okay. Um, and they can't accept mine because of faith. You know, it's their faith. It's their mm-hmm. dogma. So, mm-hmm. okay, we're just, we we just. Don't so there's a line drawing. Yeah, yep. that seems to be yep. all too, all too often the case these days. That there, that that soft wedge that gets driven in there. I mean, you know when you're fighting with someone, and you know when people aren't. You know, you're not going to talk to someone for a very long time because you're so angry with them. But uh, it seems like more and more, it's it's just that you've exposed yourselves to be tribally with this group or that group, basically. Yeah. And now, I guess. I guess we're just going to have to not talk, you know, quietly for a while. Yeah, long time. and it's unfortunate because I think like the true number of deep-seated racist haters in uh, like on the Republican side or whatever. Uh that's a I think that's a small number, you know, I don't I don't Yeah, we've think, talked about this before. Yeah. I don't think generally speaking, I don't think there's a big difference between being personally racist and being sort of accepting of a uh System that has failed to, you know, the institutional racism that has been there, and you haven't noticed it or seen it or done it, or or it. yeah, or just uh, del- just deliberately uh, ignored it because it was your deal, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those those two things are different, and I, I think, you know, most people are not overtly racist like that. Granted, no. There are, granted, there are people out there, but no, and I don't think that, uh, frankly. Uh, I do not think that most people that see those videos think that's okay. And I don't think that that's all just Democrats. Right. I think most people, just like most people that saw those videos of children you mean when like they of, were being caged, the, of these murders. Yeah, of George you know? Floyd being murdered. Right. Yes, I or Philando Castile. I think or, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, fealty to a political uh, uh, yeah. party makes them yeah. have to try and justify yeah. it. They, they get... You know they're they're pushed to try and justify it when they themselves know it is not a justifiable. In fact, act. I think a lot of them makes them sick even to look at it. So they just deliberately keep it out of their mind because it's so in direct conflict with what they're professing to believe. Yeah. And, and, you know, like uh, Donald Trump's the law. <laughs> this is the law and order guy. Look around you, buddy. <laughs> we got law and order going right after three and a half years now of this. Does this look like law and order to yeah, you? Yeah, and, and his folks would say that it's it's opposition of him that is the lawlessness. Yeah, you know, no. I get it. I, you yeah. know, it's a, but I I do hope that uh, we find ways to to meaningfully connect with people who with whom we disagree and to look at these at that that 
adherence to party policy is not actually serving anyone. Thinking for yourself, being that, and you know, that would be examining. true for Democrats as well. Absolutely, the problems exist in both. I mean, directions. I'm a I'm a like an ardent uh, fan of uh, of AOC. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, that that doesn't go over too well in the uh, Democratic Party either. But I'll tell you that to me looks like the future uh, leadership for Democrats. You know, so or for people. I don't. Right. She's not. Uh, she is a uh, strong proponent of the middle class. <laughs> like uh, everything that she wants, is mostly what uh, regular people want and need as well: healthcare, a living wage, I hope, affordable education. Right. What? Those are far left <laughs> things. You know, I don't think so. I hope you win your race, and yeah. I hope you absolutely you. hate being a politician. I don't. Well, <laughs> and I, I can you tell get you out right of now, politics, and someone else comes I in. I can tell you right now, I would never run. I would never go more than one term, and my whole goal, if I did get elected, which is highly unlikely, but it's possible, but it's so deep red up there. But if I did, my entire goal would be to drag young people you know, into the process, get them down there, show them how it works, tell them how I did this or if I do it. And you know, it wouldn't, it's not gonna be to run for, or to stay in politics career, at yeah. all. No. But to educate the young, I think really. yes, you and know. get them involved. And in, and so there's a new group, a progressive yeah. group, starting up on Facebook in in my area, which just sort of blew me away. Overnight, there were 200 people involved, which I take as a very positive thing. You know. Well, good. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. No, no, it's a, no, it's all good. It's well, all good. Well, here good. before I just the website is tson for 15 bcom It's T H I. E S S E N and then F O R fifteen B dot com. Oh, thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We're supposed to do that. So yeah. Um, Is there anything you'd like to promote at that part? Uh, no, not really. I, yeah. I think um, this to me is an election where people are voting. They're going to vote straight Democrat or straight. They're going to make a decision yeah. about do they want Trump anymore or not. And uh, I think that's really going to be what drives the whole thing. So I think no, there's I think, not really. Yeah. I think there's people, I think this election is going to be won or lost on, I think there's going to be a lot of people who walk in there and maybe either just don't vote certain parts of the ticket because they just can't bring themselves to do it or, uh, or just decide to, for the first time in their life, maybe sit an election out because they're just not sure where things need to go right now. I think yeah, it's very, I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. Right. And we aren't going to know the answer uh, like uh, the day of the election either. It's going to be... No, it's going to be... It's going to be a protracted yeah. uh, process, but hopefully uh, there is an outcome. And, right. uh, you know, whatever it is, it would be better to have one than not. Yes. Yeah. So... Um, Hopefully there is. Right. We'll see. Well, I want to thank you for coming yeah. in. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Bringing little sis with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, good to see you. And we'll, we'll get this out soon. It was nice to have a podcast back. And it's, uh, it's nice to sit in the studio. I yeah. Know. yeah. Every time. Yeah. Time. You know, it's kind of. Well, I enjoyed good. it a lot. Really did. Good. So good. thanks. Thanks thank to you, Ryan. All. Yep. Yep. all right. Thanks. Bye. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care. Mm-hmm.